This is Donna Jones, and you're listening to That's Just What I Needed. Hey, friend, if you've ever been in a conversation where you've walked away thinking, wow, that was just what I needed, you know how life-giving that can be. Well, that's what this podcast is all about. We're women who want to know, love, and follow God in our real lives, but sometimes wonder just how to do it. So each week, we'll talk about what following God looks like in the midst of daily demands and crazy cultural chaos, because this isn't just what we need. It's actually exactly what we need. Maybe it's just me, but it seems like more people have faced more decisions in the past two and a half years than in any period I can remember. We're facing decisions like, what should I do about the kids' education? Should I move? Should I stay? Should I rent or buy? Take this job or that job? Choose one course of medical treatment or another course. Should I speak up or remain quiet? The list of important decisions we make in a lifetime is nearly endless. But the list of decisions we must make on a daily basis, honestly, that can seem just as daunting. So this episode is the second of a two-part series where we're exploring how to know God's will. So if you missed last week's episode, make sure you go back and listen, because I talked about five practical principles for making decisions you won't later regret. This week, though, we're continuing the conversation because knowing how to discover God's will as we make decisions not only brings confidence in our decision-making, but it also brings peace. So how do we make decisions in line with God's will? First, let's clarify the difference between deciding and discerning. Anyone can make a decision about what to do, but only those who rely on God can discern what he wants us to do. And while it's fine to make decisions about less important matters, I mean, I'm pretty sure none of us ask God what to wear each day, big life issues require discernment. In other words, we need God's input. We need God's perspective. Now, right now, you might not be trying to discern God's will about where to educate your kids or where to live or which job is best, but you're likely in the middle of your own decision, which requires discernment. So let's get practical. How do we discern God's will? Today, I'm going to give you two simple filters, and I'll illustrate the first filter with a personal story. I was 18 years old, a freshman at UCLA, and I was in the middle of a conversation with my dad about a big decision that required lots of discernment. What should I do? Looking back, the plea probably sounded more like a whine when I asked my dad this question. Interestingly, though, he didn't tell me what to do. He actually wouldn't tell me what to do. Now, I know you're probably making all kinds of assumptions about my dad here, but let me tell you more about what was going on and why this relates to you and your ability to discern God's will. Here's the scoop. I was an adult, sort of, and my dad knew it was time for me to make my own decisions, even the tough decisions, but I felt frustrated and confused. Looking back, though, I realized I wanted to shift the burden of decision-making off my shoulders and onto my dad's shoulders. I thought I was seeking wisdom, but now I realize I was avoiding responsibility. Maybe you can relate in your own way. Have you ever felt like your heavenly father responded like my earthly one? Have you ever been in the midst of a decision-making process and prayed something like, okay, God, just tell me what to do. Show me in neon lights. And then crickets? (laughs) It's frustrating, isn't it? Have you ever wondered why God seems radio silent? especially in light of the James 1 passage that we talked about last week, where God says, if anyone lacks wisdom, ask of God and it shall be given to him. So 
why is it that God sometimes doesn't just tell us what to do? It may be because God knows something that my dad knew. You already know what to do. You see, it wasn't that my dad didn't want to help me make the decision. It was that he'd already spent 18 years doing just that. My parents spent my entire childhood teaching, training, and modeling wisdom right before my eyes. And it was time for me to take what I already knew and to do something with it. Now, you may not have had believing Christian parents, but let me give you something to think about. You know all those sermons you've heard? All those strong Christians who befriended you? All those Bible studies you've been in? The worship songs whose lyrics ramble around in the back of your brain? The scriptures you can recall? The Christian blogs you've read and the Christian podcasts you've heard? Every bit of that is God's way of imparting the wisdom you need for the discernment you need for the decision you face. These are God's tools to help you discern God's will. This is God's method of preparing you for real life, whatever real life looks for you right now. As I just mentioned, James 1 tells us, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously. And last week we talked about this first step in decision-making was to ask God for wisdom. But if God seems silent, the second step is to realize he may have already given you the wisdom you need and it's time to apply what you already know or that you can know through searching the scriptures. Remember, God's will will never contradict God's word. In 1 Corinthians 13, Paul writes, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And then he went on to say, now we know in part. In other words, even though we don't know everything, we know enough to do something because we're not children anymore. So what is it that we know? What information do we have that's enough to make the right choices and discern God's will? Well, 1 Corinthians 13 spells it out. Anything done apart from love is nothing. Anything done with love is everything. You're probably familiar with 1 Corinthians 13, but let me just refresh your memory. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, then I may boast, but I don't have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, Jesus told us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second greatest commandment was like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So the answer to the question, what should I do? What is God's will has one primary filter. And here it is. Does this choice express my love for God? And does it express my love for others? If I seek to please God and extend love to others, then whatever I decide will be the right choice. But 
if I rush into a decision with no regard for God or people, the rightness of my choice comes with no guarantee. In other words, I can't do what I know is wrong and expect God to make everything turn out all right. Over the years, I've come to see that God rarely reveals his plan to us in neon lights. He doesn't generally speak so clearly that all doubt about a particular direction is removed, although sometimes he does. But instead, more often, he asks us to live by faith. Honestly, we prefer to live by sight. So like my college self, and honestly, sometimes my present self, we plead with God, just tell me what to do. We want direction through a holy zap. God gives direction through his holy word. Discernment isn't usually rained down on us in one life-altering conversation. That's what I was seeking with my dad. It doesn't hit us in one lightning bolt sermon. Rather, we soak in wisdom one drop at a time until one day we realize we've soaked up enough godly wisdom so we know what to do, even if it feels like we don't. We've grown up. We're no longer children. We may see only a part, but the part that we see is enough. We hear the tender whisper of the Holy Spirit, just do the next right thing and the choices you make will be right. Author and podcaster Emily P. Freeman likes to say, do the next right thing in love. And to that, I say, yes, 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 and yes. So filter number one for discerning God's will. Does this choice reflect my love for God and my love for others? So what's filter number two? Well, it can also be illustrated with a personal story. I was seated in the front row of a conference I was speaking for. There were 1,500 people in the audience. A shy college student, just a few seats away from me, got up and she made her way to the stage. And honestly, she was a little awkward as she turned to face the crowd. That is until I looked at her face and then I noticed her face positively glowed. So there she stood bravely before 1,500 people, and she told them how, knees knocking, she shared the love of Jesus with a friend. She recounted how her words of God's love came at just the right time for her friend, though she hadn't known in the moment what a lifeline her words would be. But in spite of her fear, she listened to God's prompting, and she spoke up. Now, there was another girl in the crowd. She was an older one. He was much more comfortable sharing in front of a crowd, but her face didn't glow because she'd been struggling with a tiny whisper she'd heard God speak to her weeks ago. She hadn't obeyed yet, and it weighed on her. In the grand scheme of things, it wasn't even a big thing God had asked her to do. It's just that she hadn't done it. She'd avoided. She made excuses. She promised she'd get around to it eventually, but she hadn't listened and obeyed what she had discerned God told her to do. I'm that girl. If obeying God in spite of your fear brings joy, let me just tell you, ignoring God because of your fear brings regret. So I sat there in the audience and my eyes started filling with tears as I listened to this unpolished, awkward girl tell her story. And I realized she had more to teach me than I could ever teach her. Because in the final analysis, it's not what we know that counts. It's what we do. See, it won't make a bit of difference if we know how to discern God's will, but then refuse to do God's will. So filter number two is this. We discern God's will in order to do God's will. 
the awkward girl who was half my age and probably had spent an eighth of the time following God than me, she stepped out in faith and into God's will. And I hadn't, it was just as simple as that. Oh, sure. There were reasons. I mean, aren't there always reasons, (laughs) but the bottom line is I just hadn't obeyed. Now, you know that I'm a pastor's wife and I've been in ministry for decades. And the number one question I get asked is this, how can I discover God's will? Here's what I know for sure. Discerning God's will doesn't usually happen in one giant sweeping divine revelation. We talked about that a few minutes ago. Here's how it does happen. It happens one small step at a time. It's learning to listen to something, anything God wants you to do, big or small, public or private, simple or complex, and then doing it. If you do this day after day, year after year, you'll find that you've lived smack dab in the middle of God's will. God equips us to discern his will through scripture and through divinely orchestrated events, but we have to put feet to our faith. And those of us who stay cocooned inside the four walls of familiarity, hesitation, or even outright rebellion, will never possess the riches of those who venture out into the place where God's plan meets their purpose. Because after all, it's not really about finding God's will. It's about living God's will. Finding God's will is fairly easy. Living God's will takes overcoming pride and fear. And that's where we tend to get stuck. The only way to step into God's will is to step out in faith. No more avoidance, no more delays, no more excuses. So has God been whispering something to you lately? Something that's in line with the first filter? It reflects your love for God and your love for others. Something you know you need to obey, but you've yet to do. Maybe it's to speak up or shut up. Maybe it's to move on or stay put. Maybe it's to serve or give. Maybe it's to love a little more, forgive a little more, pray a little more, or listen a little more. Whatever it is, if you've discerned God's will, it's time to do God's will. Step out of your fear. Step out of your hesitation. Step out of your excuses and step in to God's will. Well, I hope this episode was helpful. In fact, I hope it was just what you needed. If it was, why don't you take just a second and like it, review it, rate it, share it on social media or with a friend. And if you do, I want to remind you that you will be entered to win a free $50 Amazon gift card. I'm going to give a shout out to D 65 who wrote, every week these podcasts are exactly what I need. So I share these with my Christian friends. Well, Jan, you are going to be entered to win the free Amazon gift card. And anyone who likes it, reviews it, or shares it, tagging me at Donna A. Jones, so I know you shared it, will also be entered for a chance to win. And follow me on Instagram at Donna A. Jones. I can't wait to see you next time for That's Just What I Needed.